Welcome to The Privy. I am Courtney. And I am Boris. How are you this week, Boris? Very good in yourself. I'm fantastic. I'm very excited to be here today. Um, you want to tell everyone yes, what, what um, our highlight is? We share a highlight this week, We share everyone. a highlight for a change, and it is today's episode, which we are both very excited about. We have two wonderful guests in the studio. Oh, well, well let's not wait any further. <laughs> let's go ahead and introduce them. Nick... Baker is Baker. our first guest, who is an LGBT psychotherapist, yes. correct? Yes. How are you today? I'm doing great. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you, of course. And Seth Maynard. Yep. Guys, I sound slow because I just <laughs> want to pronounce their names correctly. Um, he's an LGBTQ equal rights activist. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I said it wrong. LGBTQ plus and equal rights activist as well as a personal trainer. It's would you say personal trainer? Uh, fitness instructor as well as the director of a studio called Switch Playground. Excuse me. Get it together. Director. <laughs> also, how, how dare I? How dare I? <laughs> no, you guys, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and like what you do. More um, in depth. Like for you, Nick, most people know what a therapist, but therapist is. But tell us a little bit more about what you do as a psychotherapist and what that entails. Yeah. So, you know, it's a combination I feel like a therapist uh, can go in so many different directions, right? Yeah. Which is sort of a, a great thing about this job. But um, mostly just individual uh, talk therapy. And I specifically see the LGBTQ community. That's sort of my specialty. That's what I have training in. Um, so, you know, my typical day is seeing six or seven people in talk therapy uh, for 50-minute sessions. Um, and then at night, I usually run a group. And my groups are usually, um, m most of the groups that I run are gay men. Um, mm -hmm. And it's sort of, it's focused on intimacy. Mm -hmm. um, so sort of breaking through defenses and learning how to connect with other men, you know, working through shame, working through whatever issues are coming up and just learning to, you know, similar to a situation like this, um, just uh creating a sense of intimacy, mm -hmm. right, um, and, and breaking through defenses. So that's sort of my day-to-day. -day. I mean, I have a lot of other stuff going on. I try to, um, you know, I guess I try to uh, send affirming messages on a broader scale, too. So I, every day I'm sending out some uh, affirming message on my Instagram account. Um, I also uh, recently founded a startup called Lighthouse. I don't know if I informed you guys no. of this. So this is a, it's a website that matches people with LGBTQ affirming healthcare providers. Okay. Um, so similar to uh, ZocDoc, similar to Psychology Today, mm -hmm. sort of directories, right? So if you're looking for like a gay-friendly doctor or a gay-identified doctor or a gay therapist or um, a trans-friendly doctor or a trans therapist, it's basically a resource where you can go and see all the uh, LGBTQ affirming options in your neighborhood, right? So it just makes that process very easy. So that was, you know, I, I basically started that because I realized that as a as a gay psychotherapist myself, it was really a lot of people. It's really important for them to find um, either gay identified or sort of gay specialized mm -hmm. professionals. And so this was an effort to just create that on a broader scale, just take away that really vulnerable process of searching for a therapist mm -hmm. or a doctor um, and just make it really easy. So so I sort of have my, I have, uh, I'm working on a lot of different things at once. My passion is therapy mm -hmm. um, and always will be. And I, I love, you know, going into the office and, and seeing my patients every day. Um, but, you know, a lot of different, a lot of different projects going on. So that's, that's sort of basic background of me. Very exciting. <laughs> Is that lighthouse.com? So it's lighthouse.lgbt, actually. Okay, got it. Um, cool. Yeah, and I'll link com. it in the info. Okay, awesome. great. But a quick question based on that. Here we go. Here we go. When you were training, did you have mm -hmm. much LGBT-focused courses and classes or... 
Yeah, so yeah. I sort of I tailored my I, I I went to grad school at Columbia and I, I tailored the education as much as I possibly could towards LGBT. Um, okay. It's it's not it's not like they have a, a track for LGBT just because um, you know there's not that many people looking mm. to do what I'm doing. But you know there were courses and I sort of I had a certificate for gender and sexuality that I specialized in. So there was you know maybe four or five courses that you could take that were geared towards the community. And then afterwards all my training, you know, I started at the LGBT Center in Manhattan, um, which is my that place has a part of my soul. I love that place so much and it, it's such a wonderful place. And um, so I started seeing people there as an intern and then I went on to run groups there as a once I got um, once I graduated I started to run groups there. And then you know I've had various experience experiences at other LGBTQ-focused places. Um, ICP, Institute for Contemporary Psychotherapy, has a gender and sexuality division. Um, I worked there. And then currently, I'm, I run this LGBTQ division at my private practice, which is called KIPP Therapy as mm-hmm. well. So um, I've sort of, yeah, I've, I've taken a lot of, <laughs> I've, I have a Go lot of experience with the community. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Cool. Well, thank you for being here. Yeah, All your expertise. Thank you. <laughs> and <laughs> Seth. Tell That's us a hard a act bit. to follow. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, what do I do? <laughs> um, Seth, and tell us a little bit about what you do um, as far as like activism as well as um, you are director of a fitness studio as well. Yes. Uh, so I currently am the director at Switch Playground here mm-hmm. in New York City. Um, I got my start in fitness uh, basically because I wanted to feel confident in who I was mm-hmm. and being able to walk down the street. Um, in 2013, there was a lot of hate crimes in the city. Mm-hmm. Uh, like there was a huge string of them, mm-hmm. and I really wanted to be able to like feel confident that I could protect myself. Right. Now, maybe I can't protect myself against a gun or like six guys with a knife, but like I could feel confident that I could be strong walking down the street and not be scared. Right. Um, so that's how I got my start into fitness, and that's really what I hope to try and inspire in others, mm-hmm. not so much about like a body shape or what size you are. If you have a six pack of abs or whatever it is, mm-hmm. it's that you feel confident because it really transfers into a difference of how you act in when you meet somebody, when you go to a bar, how you interact with work, trying to get a new job, and it really kind of changes your whole life rather than just your waist size. Mm-hmm. Um, so I've been in fitness for about six and a half years. Uh, working everything from teaching boxing and cycling and boot camp all the way up to where I am now. Um, as far as LGBTQ plus activism, uh, you know, it's something that I faced a lot of torment growing up being gay in a small town. Um, and so it really started to grow from there because I want to make sure that kids younger than me don't go through these same things again. Uh, So I use my platforms like Instagram and Facebook to really raise a lot of awareness Mm -hmm. in what's going on and the difficulties that people face that might not be known to somebody unless you are LGBTQ or know somebody that is in your family that's close. Um, I've also, as well as just posting inspirational messages and trying to help people that message me directly on Instagram, um, I'm actually starting a new Instagram account that launches in November with a friend um, called The Gaily Issue. Um, and it actually focuses a lot of about body positivity and working through challenges that a lot of gay men seem to identify with more than heterosexual men. Now, yeah. obviously, like it's open for everybody because <clears throat> everybody goes through these issues of feeling like, do they look good enough? Are they good enough? Do they have a good enough body? Are they masculine enough? Are they too feminine? Whatever it may be. Um, but I think there's a little bit of lack of that 
being talked about in the community and I think I can help with that and that's what I'm striving to do. Mm, that's awesome. awesome. And a great segue. Look at that. Thank you, sir. <laughs> I do what I can. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, we'll get into, the, into today's topic, which is gay men and body image. Do you have anything to say before I um, read this study? Because I know how you like to. <laughs> no, you can go ahead. I'll have a look see after. Um, um, <laughs> earlier this year, a survey over, of over 5,000 gay men revealed that almost all respondents reporting feeling intense pressure to have a good body. Other studies reveal that the occurrence of eating disorders is three times higher in gay men than in straight men, and nearly 15% of all gay men report dealing with anorexia or bulimia during their lifetime. What do you guys say to that? Do, have you guys experienced any of that firsthand, whether it be from like clients or um, friends or even yourselves? So like, is that astonishing or is that surprising to you? It's not surprising to me at all. Okay. Um, you know, my own body image, like I suffer a little bit from body dysmorphia, but mm -hmm. I personally haven't gone through anorexia or bulimia. Mm -hmm. I do know many people that have, especially mm -hmm. working in fitness. I have clients that come to me and they say that they tried this route. But what we have to realize is like, it's an unsustainable route. Like you can't <clears throat> consistently be anorexic and not giving yourself the nutrition you need. And you also can't just be purging at all right. either. Like it's not sustainable and it's not healthy. There are far better ways and far easier ways to achieve whether it is the body that you want or you perceive yourself to want that's healthier that you can take. Yeah. But they take longer. If they're much more... It actually takes a lot longer. It, like yeah. anorexia, your body literally isn't getting any nutrition. So yes, you can be skinny, but skinny doesn't mean healthy. No. Just like being a little overweight doesn't mean you're unhealthy. Right. Um, a lot of times when you get this, you have people that end up having weaker bones, weaker muscles. They can't actually create stamina to keep energy throughout the day, let alone take a fitness class. Mm -hmm. So reality, they aren't mm. healthy at all. And they aren't working towards getting healthier. They're just working at getting skinny in an unhealthy way. And that comes to the body dysmorphia. I mean, I'm not so clued in on the psychology and the biology, but mm -hmm. like a psychological neurochemical imbalance, it's making you believe something's Yes, yeah. looking to Nick. You look yeah. to Nick. Force is uh, like yeah. staring okay. at Nick for him yeah. to like, like, like pull him out of the. There is something like <laughs> like Nick. Help yeah. me out. Chemistry. Nick, so yeah, I mean, so body dysmorphic disorder is sort of this um, obsessive thought that there's some part of your body that's flawed, right? Uh, and it takes up you know a lot of time each day just thinking about this one or actually multiple flaws. Usually, it's usually it's actually many, um, and uh, it's. Um, it's a huge issue in the community. I see it uh, constantly. Um, I've experienced it in my own life, and I I've see it in uh, friends, and I've also seen it in almost all of my clients to some degree. I mean, it's not um, we're not talking severe for every client, but um, I see it all the time. Uh, it's sort of an idea that something that I my body is not perfect, and that's unacceptable, right? And fixating on a specific body part, um, usually. And, you know, we, t we can talk about, uh, you know, being fat or skinny, but then we can also talk about um, specific parts like penis size, right? I mean, mm -hmm. that's a huge one. Um, or even just whatever it is, a, a, part of, a, a part of your face that feels imperfect, but it's it's fixating on something that um, is, is exaggerated as well, right? Uh, it's, so it's not, it's not necessarily like you're looking at your stomach and... Um, you're realistically assessing that you're 10 pounds overweight, right? It's it's fixating on something and it 
it being exaggerated. So even if someone appears very skinny, um, they're looking at their body and thinking, I'm fat and that's unacceptable, right? And it's an, it's an exaggerated, what we call a cognitive distortion. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not, it's not necessarily uh, uh, 100% realistic. It's, it's been exaggerated over time because of this fixation. Mm. So it's really hard to snap out of if it's all in the head, so to speak. Yes, uh, it is. It is really hard to snap out, snap out of, and I, I, you know, the way I look at it, I always look at sort of. I think this is a really interesting conversation because I always look at the emotional underpinning of mm. it, like what's really going on, um, and what the way that I see it. Um, I go back to childhood, right? And uh, you know, there's. Th- I think with gay men and body image, it's sort of like this perfect storm. There's so many different things that you can attribute it to. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I really break it down with clients, what I go back to is early childhood, right? Early, early childhood. You start to get messages from parents, caretakers, family, friends, whoever it is. And we're talking, you know, as young as three, four, five years old. You start to get messages that messages that something about you is bad or wrong, right? I mean, you get those messages from your parents consciously or unconsciously from that age, mm-hmm. most of us at least. I mean, mm-hmm. some parents were just fully accepting and that's mm-hmm. wonderful, but I, you know, for the most part, the people that I see in therapy and also people that I interact with in, in gay culture, um, that wasn't the case, right? right? You start to get negative messages. You start, your parents start to sort of um, shun that part of you or don't give that part of you love the way that they mm-hmm. give the other parts of you love. Um, and so you start to take on this idea that something is wrong with me, right? That this part isn't getting love the way that my other parts are getting love. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that uh, that's extremely uh, um, harmful, that belief, right? This belief that something is wrong with me. Um, and that, that belief gets formed from a really, really young age for a lot of LGBT people. And that we carry that with us as we grow older. And then we go out into the world, right? Schools, churches, sports teams, wherever it is. And those messages just sort of get reinforced um, that something is wrong with you. And that, that basic belief um, is sort of the basis of, it's the basis of shame. And uh, it's, it's the basis, the way I see it, it's the basis of a lot of issues that our community faces. And this being in particular a huge one, right? So shame, the way I see it, when someone comes into my office and they're, they're talking about um, their stomach or their penis size or, or their chest or whatever it is, um, I see it from a, the underlying emotion there is shame, right? Something is wrong with me. That belief has still, is still existing from when we were really young and it's still, it's still affecting our lives today. Um, it's just where is it attaching, right? Like so, and the body is such an easy place for it to attach, right? So like, even if you feel, even if someone objectively looks like they have a perfect body, there can be one body part that they're fixating on that they say, this part is wrong, right? This part is bad. And all their shame just attaches to that part. And then they fix that part, right? Like maybe they'll lose 10 pounds, the stomach will go away. And then you see the shame sort of shift to some other body part, right? And so the underlying issue is still there. It's still this idea that something is wrong with me. And so how do you actually get to that underlying issue mm-hmm. as opposed to just fixing the symptom, right? Like the way I see it is it's not necessarily about fixing the body part. It's about addressing the underlying shame, if that, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. You you touched on this very briefly. Um, we I was reading an article on BBC um, and they were speaking about um, like 
mental health issues and acceptance. And what I found really interesting is um, they they did a poll for Grindr users, and one of the Grindr users um, made a statement, I think body image for gay people is a way of seeking acceptance. It's something that we can control in a way that we can't control our sexuality. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think that's... um I think that's exactly yeah. right in yeah. many ways. And I think, you know, what happens, what you see happening is people, you get these messages that something is wrong or bad with you, and so you repress, yeah. right? And so you repress that part of you, and in its place, you project um, a, what we call a false self. And I, I find false to be sort of a harsh word, because mm-hmm. I think in ways it's sort of authentic, but it's also it's also false. Yeah. Um, and that, that it's also a projection, sort of. It's, it's, a, it's a self that we project to fit in, to be accepted. And that part, that, that sort of false self that we project, it's all about acceptance and validation. It's all about avoiding rejection, right? Mm. It's all about fitting in. Um, and so, so yeah, when you think about someone growing up with this belief that, yes, yeah, something is wrong with me, uh, which is really shameful, and I'm just going to repress that, um, then, then, yeah, that's absolutely tied. The body is something that is part of that seeking of perfection, right? So the false right. self is also really seeking of perfection because that's it, perfection equals acceptance. Yeah. Perfection equals avoidance of rejection. Um, and so, yeah, this feels, the shame can feel uncontrollable. It can feel out of control. The body is something you can latch onto and say, okay, I'm going to make this perfect. I'm going to make, you know, and you see other people, high achievers in school, in jobs, or whatever it is. Um, I'm going to be perfect in all these ways uh, because that's under my control. Whereas this is, this feeling of like, there's something wrong with me. This feeling of um, shame is really not under our control. And so, yeah, we latch onto anything where we can maintain control and, and, yeah. and try to be perfect, right? Yeah. But it's ultimately, unattainable and we cannot be perfect right and so yeah. the shame is going to surface in some way and how are we going to deal with it you right. know so that's is that making sense yes no. absolutely absolutely okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, to you let me because you've um answered um this question a little bit Seth, what do you think um why do you think gay men feel this intense pressure to have like these great bodies or feel the need to have uh, a good body. I think it comes from a lot of different places. Um, yes, I think it comes from our youth and mm-hmm. being told like we're not good enough or something is wrong with us. You know, dads always look at us and be like, "Oh, I want my son to be great at baseball or football or something like that." So we identify being uh, being in sports also with having a good body. Mm-hmm. So like it starts <clears throat> there, but then you take it further as we become adults. Like I'm. Most gay men are consistently judged not only by other gay men, but also by heterosexual men and heterosexual women Mm. on what they look like. Mm -hmm. Oh, you're so attractive. Or like, oh, why doesn't he work out? Or why is he not masculine enough? Like, Mm, This is something that really, like, it's from everybody. So Mm. women are including this and we're not even trying to date women, (laughs) you know? (laughs) Um, But then you take it a step further and it comes down to we're in constant competition and uh, feelings with other men and we're trying to compare ourselves to them continuously. So not only do I have to try and look good for like another guy to want to date me, just like I'd want to like look good for a girl, but I also have to compete with the other guy and I'm also going to compare myself to him because I wake up next to him every single morning. Hmm. So it's this constant battle of trying to be as good as or better or on a similar par as to this next guy that I'm attracted to, or if I'm not, is he gonna be attracted to me? Which Mm -hmm. does that mean, Mm -hmm. am I good enough? Am I worth enough? Do I need to be better at something else? And so it carries on to so many different things because we're just trying to 
seem or feel like we're yeah. equal as another person. And you met, you reminded me of something, actually. I read um, somewhere, and I was trying to find this article. Um, okay, according to the research literature, gay men display significant rates of body dissatisfaction, body image disturbances, and disordered, disordered eating behavior to a degree that closely aligns with the, with those of straight women. Um, and then it went on to say how any that men are usually more attracted to like a physical like uh, a physical body basically like the the physical of it. So with that said, like what do you think guys think about that is because we are dating other men, you you feel that pressure. Do do men really have that much more of a um a need to be like sexually attracted or physically attracted, I guess, to. I would say a lot of times, yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, like you said, it's it is compared to that of a heterosexual yeah. woman. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, unfortunately, I don't think I'm wrong with this. You often see a really great looking girl with a guy, and you're kind of like, does he know what a gym is? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or it's yeah. like, or it's yeah. like, oh, he was great in high school, yeah. but like. He hasn't really lifted a weight since. Yeah. Um, which, we, fine, that's yeah. great. I'm not saying it's good or bad, but you com- it's not an yeah. uncommon t- thing to see a beautiful, in-shape, oh, yeah. fitness-going oh, yeah. woman with a guy who played football in high school and college and hasn't really worked yeah. out much since then. Mm-hmm. It's much less common to see a really great, in-shape gay man yeah. dating another gay man that isn't. Yeah. I think it's... So yeah. we put a lot of our, we put a lot into what we look like because, again, we're consistently comparing ourselves to other gay men because of who we are mm-hmm. as well as who we want to date. Mm. So we're in the culture of Instagram. Wait, before you segue. Go, go. <laughs> you better get it out. Yes, um, before the segue, I, I think you touched on a really interesting point that I hadn't thought of before, that with gay men dating other gay men in that competition, from a physical perspective, there's the anatomy. And the anatomy is the same. Like oh, I anatomy? Can, yeah, anatomy. <laughs> like I can never look like a woman if I was dating a woman. So my. So you're not trying to. So a straight yeah. man isn't trying to look like yeah, and a woman. Yeah, they can never look like a woman. Right. And it's different. Well, Into not the, without a lot of surgery. Which is a whole other story if that's going to happen. And, and to that point, I think women are just way more accepting as well. I mean, there was a study here about lesbians um, and how women overall have gotten to a place where they feel more comfortable in their bodies than men do. Um, like less flaws, like less flawed. Like they're more accepting of their more bodies in that way. Right. Does that make sense? Well, Nick, so you give me a slow. You, you sorry, me a slow. You repeat, so you're saying women? Uh, women. Or, women or, well, or I think lesbians, lesbians, lesbians specifically yeah. Um, yeah. are much more comfortable in their bodies and their their flaws than that of gay men. Yeah, but I think it comes down to also objectification. Mm. Like I think yeah. our community is really objectified, and I think straight women are really objectified. Like I, I think of whenever I go to a workout class of any kind, it's like all straight women and gay men. Yeah. Uh, and it's I, great. And, yeah. 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 <laughs> I'm not saying no. <laughs> you know, we actually look at the demographics, uh, demographics of our class, and, you know, we probably have about 70% women and 30% men. Mm-hmm. And in, be, in between that men, you probably have... It's probably... 
it's actually probably pretty close to 50. In a fitness class, sure. it's pretty close to 50-50, maybe even leaning a little heavier towards um, homosexuality rather than yeah. heterosexuality. Uh, but I think that changes a lot when you go to a normal gym and you're going to go lift weights and put them back down. And no one's with you, really, right? for that. But I wonder if as well, things like grinder, people are being a lot more vicious about bodies and you want to label that just a grinder no (laughs) let's put that let's put that on every single thing that's online Mm -hmm. yes and that's the Mm -hmm. unfortunate part Mm -hmm. well that's why i was going to segue early and this is a perfect segue you know i love it uh segue so um attitudes editor-in-chief matt kane made a statement there is an epidemic of gay men taking shirtless selfies in the gym desperate for affirmation. Seth, what do you have to say to that? Because I have seen a couple of shirtless um, pictures of you on your Instagram. Like, what do you, do you think that is a sense of affirmation or is it just like, bitch, look sure. at me. Like, but it's also a sense of pride. Like, yeah. I put hours into the gym. Like, yeah. it's something I'm proud of. I'm not trying to say that you're not as good as me because mm-hmm. I'm posting a shirtless selfie. But I'm, and I'm not trying to say that you're better than me because you're not posting a shirtless selfie. Right. What it really comes down to is at the end of the day, if somebody's going to call me out for posting one, they're being a bully. Right. Yeah. I And it's actually quite funny. Like, I will have people that will judge whether or not my relationship is monogamous because I have a good body mm-hmm. online. They will call me slut, whore, like a multitude of names. Put me through the ringer. They've mm-hmm. never talked to me. Mm-hmm. They've never met me. They don't even live in the same city as me. Right. But they know exactly who I am and what I do with my life, apparently, to the point right. of where they should be writing my autobiography. Right. You don't know me, girl. <laughs> <laughs> Sit down. Well, listen, um, I am not Matt, <laughs> I'm not Matt Kane. I did make the... <laughs> no, <laughs> no, um, no. I think instead of targeting saying, like, people are doing it for attention-seeking or this or that, like, let people live their lives how they want to be, how yeah. they want to live it. Like, mm-hmm. why instead of chastising somebody for posting a shirtless selfie, why don't we chastise the person that says... You're a slut because you're doing it. Right. And that's coming from a place of hatred. And right. Self-loathing. You're, if you're going to come, if you're going to be nasty to somebody else that you don't know, that you've yeah. never met, why don't you take a look at like why you're trying to be nasty? Why yeah, are you trying to bring this person, person down? Yeah. And better yet, if somebody says that, why do you jump on the bandwagon and support this? Right. This is a major, this is what I think is more of an epidemic in our community that we sit here and we say, that we are equal, we are fighting for equality, we're fighting for each other, we fight for our brothers and sisters, until you post a photo and then I'm gonna rip you to shreds yeah. because it's not what yeah. I wanna yeah. see. Exactly. Or it's giving yeah. a bad name. Or, or it's yeah. a bad name or judging yeah. my relationship or anybody's relationship or who I am as a person. Right. I've been I've been told that I'm a disgusting human being mm. online because I posted a shirtless selfie. Mm. Wow. And why? Yeah, there's this phrase that I, I'm such a fan of like short, inspirational phrases but uh hurt people hurt people mm-hmm. uh, yeah. i don't know if you guys have heard yeah. that but uh that it's all coming from a place of of, of um their own self-hatred or self-loathing mm-hmm. or pain and that you know if you're in the position where you're receiving insults like that i think it just helps to take the power away from yeah. it right like i mean there's no way someone sends that message unless they're in such pain yeah. and se- themselves you know and jealousy um yeah i'm sure but i must say going to your instagram I don't know if you know, but I followed you for a while, and um, and I'm fangirl. Uh-oh. Thank you. Oh, fair moment. How is this going? Uh, but you're must... all welcome to follow. <laughs> I really have to say, you're you put a lot of positive things. I mean, like you love cake, 
And then, <laughs> you have pictures yes, of like, eating okay. pizza. And I think I've even mentioned like once, months ago, I was like, oh, this is great, putting the body image. I try to be very realistic. Listen, I understand like, yes, I work in a gym for a living. So like, it's real easy for me to go and pick up a weight or like get on a treadmill for 20 minutes in the middle of the day and not have to think about it. So I'm very happy and for lack of a better word, blessed in that sense that I get to do that. Um, but I try to be really honest with people. I eat pizza. I eat cheeseburgers. I have one chance of this life. So like, I want to enjoy it. I don't want to eat chicken breast and bro steam broccoli for every meal. If you do, that's great. Mm -hmm. You should. Like, if that's what's going to make you happy, if that's what's going to make you satisfied at the end of your day, that you had a great day, then that's what you should do. But I think it's all a balance. Like, you should not have every meal. You should not be having three slices of cake at the end of it. Right. But on your birthday, you have three slices of cake. Like, and be happy it, about it. And then be happy about it. Yeah. Like, it's about balance. And if you feel like you eat too much, then go to a fitness class. Um... You know, a lot of people oftentimes say that they don't have enough time to work out. It's too much. It's in their busy schedule. Well, one hour of your day is 2% of your day. So if you work out 365 days a year, that is 2% of your entire, or four, sorry, 4%, excuse me. One hour is 4% of your day. So every single day is 4% of your year. Three times a week is less than half. You're working out less than 2% of the time of the year focusing on your mind and body. Mm. That's really not too much to ask. Mm. That's good math. Thank you. <laughs> um, so, you know, if you feel like you ate too much, don't binge and purge. Think about what you're going to eat tomorrow responsibly and the next day and go work out for 30 minutes. It doesn't have to be an hour. Like huh? I don't think people think like that. I mean, I think people are starting to think about that more. You know, as mm -hmm. we progress, people are trying to eat healthier. People are trying to be conscious. They're trying to eat clean. I know more people going on healthy diets than just like a no carb diet than I've ever seen mm, yeah. before in my life. Yeah. People are, want to be healthier. Yeah. What do you think it is? I, I do think gay men, myself included, like I follow all these like fitness guys and these like sexualized men in, in a way. Um, and I do think that that does kind of, it's kind of like the Kardashian effect. I think. I don't blame the Kardashians for who they are and what they have become because it is the people who supported them who has gotten them. Like, Kim Kardashian couldn't be Kim Kardashian without her millions of followers. Mm -hmm. Did you so know that she actually used to, she used to be Paris Hilton? Yeah, I know, secretary. I know. Did but she? Yeah. Yeah. She wanted to organize Where her closet. Where have you been? I did The Simple yeah. Life, yeah. season one, yeah. with, with Nicole yeah. Richie. I did love that show. Yeah. Yeah. It's such a good show. But it, it's, it's very similar to us in that, like, all these, I, I won't mention any names, but there are a lot of like social media people who um, are gay men who don't necessarily have a lot to say, but they, like they post a lot of like pictures, and that is kind of discouraging to someone, to that guy who not only doesn't look like them, but who is actually like about something, who actually wants to. Like yourself, like wants to use yeah. your use it for like a for good. For so sure. I think that's where it can get kind of like confusing, you know. You know, for it, and, and going back to body image, it I think 
put so much insecurity into that gay little boy in Kansas. I don't know why I always use Kansas as a I always use that as a <laughs> I get it. Or, or North Carolina or whatever the case anyway, because yeah. they don't look like that six pack or the cover of the Out magazine who edited. is like all those things. So um, I think that's one thing we have to remember. Like unfortunately, like you're right. Yeah. It's not fair. Yeah. I know pl- I know plenty of fitness instructors with the most Adonis of a body yeah, that you've ever great. seen. And they're like, eat clean, eat healthy, quinoa, avocado toast, peace, love. Peace, love. And I'm like, yeah. one, you are the saltiest I've ever met. <laughs> and two, you eat cheeseburgers and pizza all day long. Exactly. So stop telling me yeah, that your yeah. body is based on your diet as well. Yeah. It's not. So like what you said, like I like to live authentically. Yeah. Like, I'm not going to tell you I eat perfectly clean every day. Yeah, I don't. But... I think you have to realize, like, just like Instagram, some yeah. photos are uh, truly authentic, and it, it's straight from camera right. to photo to post. Right. I don't know who those crazy people are. I know who does. You have <laughs> the people that <laughs> add a little bit of a filter, yes. and then you have at the far other end, you have people that face tune to the, like an inch of their life. Yeah, <laughs> <And I'm> like, <laughs> right. <laughs> you look like Beyonce on here, and I look at you in life, and yeah. you're very Michelle. Right. Um, <laughs> so she could never catch a break. She could never poor Michelle. Michelle so, so let me. No, Michelle and Destiny. I can't with you. I actually hate you right now. Anyway, so you, so with that said, how can we use social media as a preventative tool rather than a driver of insecurity? Wait, before we do that, I feel like I'm doing this a lot to you today. What? Go. I just want to ask: mm-hmm. Do you think since social media has really taken off in the time you've been practicing, you're getting more? gay men coming in with body images saying I want to look like X, Y, and Z on Instagram. Oh, yeah. good question. That's a good interruption piece. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Def- uh, definitely. Um, it's something that has uh, uh, become a, a, a huge issue in, in my mind. And But I think, you know, when we talk about um, what is the actual issue, right? Like when I hear you talking about this, like I, in, if someone is actually getting a lot out of posting and, and it feels good and they're living a healthy life, like I think that's fantastic. It's really... Um, what is uh, what happens when you know? I have a lot of clients who come in and say, "I posted this picture and it only got twenty likes, mm. and it was an overwhelming experience." Right? Um, how dependent are you upon that validation? Because um, some people it's just a part of their life and it's great and it's fun and whatever. Other people are completely dependent on that, right? And when they don't get the validation that they need, it's overwhelming for them. Whether that's anxiety, depression, whatever it is, um, that's I, I hear that uh, quite a lot. And so I think that's when it turns into a real issue um, when you don't have sort of authentic validation outside of the outside of social media, mm. right? When you don't have people telling you you're you're beautiful, I support you outside of social media, and you're just depending on that one avenue for it, then it can be, you know, I don't know if do you guys watch the show um, Black Mirror? No, but somebody I've just asked it. me about it two days ago. It. And oh my I god! And they had this sure. episode. Um, I think it was uh, actually I don't know when it came out, but I I'm watched it on Netflix uh, maybe a couple weeks ago. And they have uh, it's 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 a futuristic world where everyone is so dependent on social media huh. that when you lose when your ranking goes down, in other words, like don't get as many likes as you yeah. want. Yeah. Um, people really. Uh, uh, go to really bad places like are suicidal or they lose their ranking in society uh-huh. or whatever it is. And I actually see that as a sort of dystopic future version of what's happening now. Like people yeah. could potentially become so dependent on that social media validation um, that they sort of stop concentrating on the the other right. stuff, right? right? The other, the sort of authentic validation, the love, the whatever you're getting in your real life outside of it. Um, so I see that, you know, I see it both ways. I see in some ways it can be healthy and, and fun and great. In other ways it can be, it, it can be really um 
mentally unhealthy for people. Yeah. And Seth, when you were starting, did you feel this pressure? When you were like 2,000 followers? And... Um, no. Personally, like, I can't say I did. Okay. I, I don't post to get likes. Mm. Um, I hope that I post oftentimes in hopes that either I'm going to just have fun and I want to post it or in hopes that I actually like help somebody. Mm. Um, and I'm not doing it for the attention. I'm not doing it for the glory. I'm not doing it for a fame, mm. which I kind of, which I feel like that's what you're trying to do. You're trying to get recognition for what you're doing. I'm not, um, for me, it's about inspiring somebody to be able to look in the mirror and say that they love themselves rather than they hate themselves right. or that they should be accepted for who they are. They aren't wrong. They aren't an abomination, mm. a bad person for who they love or what right. they look like, but they should love who they are. I think it's a really good way of putting it, which it, it never really became clear to me, but if you're posting just authentically from you, right, if you're just making your voice heard or, um, wanting to send a message of some kind, then it's it's always going to be healthy. If you're just simply posting for the external validation, mm -hmm. I think that's when it starts to escalate into into negative issues. Mm. Agreed. I wonder mm -hmm. if they have a responsibility to fix it, these really big who, influencers who, oh. who don't say or do anything. Oh, that's a from. good question. Look at you. I, I like that question. I would love I it if people did. I really, really wish they would. Yeah. I think people with a platform should use it. That's, yeah. Yeah, and you see some people, you know, they they'll get um, they'll get to a pretty big following, and then they'll shift, right? Like it's sort of just yes. getting to that place, which I love and, then, and respect a yeah, lot. I, I mean, really there's respect a, yeah, that. yeah, I think that's huge. So you the, you see them doing just amazing stuff and and sort of inspiring kids. I you know I agree with you that the most important thing is how do we um, make youth and teens feel normalized and. Yeah. Um, give them safe spaces, right? right? And so if you have somebody that, yeah, has gained 250,000 followers through shirtless selfies, but then is suddenly posting mm. about, um, posting to teens saying, you know, here, here, here's some, in, here's some sexual information maybe you're not getting in yeah. sex ed, you know, mm -hmm. like that's so wonderful. And I think that, you know, that's how change is really gonna happen in our community when you, mm. when you are uh, giving information to youth and making youth feel normalized. And then they come up, they come up into their adult lives without nearly as much shame as we have, um, and they can live much more authentically. I wonder how we can get that message to the big influencers. Mm. <laughs> Just listen up, queens. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, I, I mean, you guys just kind of touched upon it, and I know, Nick, you are very vocal, as well as yourself, um, Seth, um, in terms of, like, posting videos about... You just posted one a couple of weeks ago about body positivity. I think it was last week or so. What yeah. are some other ways that we could... Um, use social media um, and get that message to even as someone without a platform like that like what are some ways that um, we can help the the future to, uh, uh, in terms of um, reaching yeah reaching youth. yeah yeah you know I'm, I'm, I'm actually just I'm sitting here just thinking like what are the best ways um, if you don't have a platform yeah. to reach youth I mean I, I was actually at a meeting uh, at the Bronx Borough President's office yesterday um, and they were it was an LGBT task force of you know politicians and doctors and um, and the question was, you know, what can we do? How can we reach these youth better? There's still so much bullying in schools. There's still so much going on. And how can we do a better job? And, um, you know, there's there's organizations, for example, that um, 
where you can hire a school can hire somebody to come in and talk about LGBT issues, you know. And I I, I don't know the best way. I, I I don't have a great answer for the best way to reach schools, but I know that, um, in my opinion, is the most important thing. And so I'm just uh, I think Instagram. I think social media is a great a great way to to reach those people because that's what you know that's everyone's using right. social media. We'll say YouTube is very good. You have a lot of kids coming out on YouTube and yeah, really building followings. Yeah, that medium. You do. Um, awesome. And I think going back to like your question of like how do we reach these people if you don't have a platform mm. to do it? I think for me the biggest way that you can reach somebody is to be nice to other people. Yeah. I know it sounds so corny and so cheesy. No, no you're nice, right. But no, it really is. Right. Like yeah. I've walked out of the door before and somebody goes, You look great today and just kept walking. I have no idea who this woman was. Yeah. But I obviously still talk about it. Yeah. That was a nice nice compliment. And she she didn't have to. She didn't owe it to me. She doesn't even know me. Right. Um, And does that. You know, in the same amount of time you can type, you're a slut or you're overweight or you're (laughs) obese, you can literally in the same amount of time be like, I hope you have a great day. Yeah. Or you can just simply not type at all. So I think the biggest way everybody can learn to help affect change is to start making change Mm. meaning don't allow that to happen don't be a part of it don't write something negative just write something negative now you can disagree with me on a topic and we can start a conversation if you're willing to hear me out Mm -hmm. if you're willing to actually talk and converse with me but if you're going to tell me how it is then that's not a conversation Mm -hmm. that means you should just be quiet but if you want to affect somebody's life positively Say something nice or don't say something at all. Yeah, and be your authentic self. I think that's another thing. Like, really just living in your truth and, like, mm-hmm. exuding that. Yeah. And not being... I think a lot of times, even with those... We were talking about those very superficial type people. To your point, I, I they are living, like, a layer of them that is not, in my opinion, truly authentic. And mm-hmm. I think that speaks volumes to especially, like, kids and teaching kids to be their authentic selves yeah, it's like, and uh, celebrate it. Yeah, um, letting your light shine, yeah. right? I mean, that's the most powerful thing. And, the, yeah. and change really happens person to person. So yeah. the more you just let your light shine in spaces that maybe are homophobic or don't have... Usually homophobia is about lack of exposure, right? Right. I mean, you just don't have that connection to that cousin or that uncle who right. is just a good guy and also gay, yeah. right? And so you're afraid of it. Right. Um, and maybe you have some attraction yourself, you know, whatever it is. Um, so usually just, yeah, letting your light shine even in spaces where it might not be 100% safe. Um, I think that's the best way to to create change. One of the, the last points um, I wanted to to speak about before we go, because we are almost out of time. Um, this is a point that you actually made. Um, how we I- idealize like the fit jock? That's usually like. Mm the epitome of like perfection in I think the gay community in my opinion I feel like that's mm-hmm. what we see the most like on whether it be um, digital whether it be social media whether it be out magazine um, whether and very it be, white yeah and re- yeah exactly and very white um <laughs> thank you I appreciate it. I like how you said <laughs> <laughs> <Everybody>, thanks <laughs> for that um, um, when there's a multitude of body types that are celebrated within our community, like your twinks, your bears, your otters. Do you think that these bodily ideals are derived from heterosexual society? Like, and do you get what I'm saying? Like, we do within our community, we, like, we celebrate that in, in different ways. Like, yeah, like twinks and all this stuff, but you only see that one mm-hmm. kind of thing that's 
put in our face. Do you think that's derived from like the hetero, the bigger um, heterosexual picture? In terms of just looks, I'm not sure I would, I would say that because mm-hmm. I mean, if you think about being in great shape, I mean, you have mm-hmm. a dancer, mm-hmm. ballet dancer specifically, like amazing, incredible, strong bodies. Mm-hmm. But I don't think Middle America would consider that masculine, mm. or far from it, yeah. or straight, or yeah. like manly. Right. You know. Um, in fact, I think most Middle America would consider a hairy chest and a six pack of beer to be more manly than a six pack uh-huh. of abs. Mm. So, derived from heterosexuality in that way, no. I think, in a way that we are consistently judged, like Nick had said earlier, and put down as though something is wrong with us or something isn't good enough, and going back to like, this is something that I can change. Mm-hmm. I can't change that I'm gay. Right. I mean, I could date women. <laughs> but <laughs> um, I could, but I would still be gay. Yeah, you know, I can't change the fact that I'm gay. I can, however, go run five miles and pick up some dumbbells and do some curls and do a bunch of push-ups to get a better body. Yeah. So it is something that I can control. So I think in that sense, yes, like our body, our ide- I ideologically. Yeah. Ideology? Ideology, oh, okay. thank you. Ideology, yes, yes. <laughs> we can get it together, but we support one another. I work here. in fitness, not in English. <laughs> <laughs> and you can do some math, boo. You can yeah. do some math on them. <laughs> Few and far between. Um, but I think, you know, in that sense, like, it is. But I think that that's also partly for almost everybody. Yeah. You know, Photoshop, we Photoshop noses, yeah. eyes, how big somebody's head is, where their hairline is. Yeah. Not just where their waistline falls and mm. how many abs they may or may not have. I think also, uh, you know, uh, I think it's great that the gay community celebrates these different cultures, but there's still there's still a lot of um, shame within those mm. uh, within mm. those um, sort of subcultures, mm. right? I mean, I'm I'm actually somebody that I only date bears, like that's what I'm attracted to. You personally, yeah. Okay, and I also, it. you know, I also see uh, many people that identify as bears or twinks in in therapy and uh there's still you know there's a lot of even a bear that sort of seems very self-confident um in his belly or in his uh whatever in his body shape usually when it comes down to it it's still i hate this part of myself you Mm. know and i i I really want to get rid of it um and there's you know i've I've just heard a lot of that and i i think the more that we can go towards celebrating those body types Mm -hmm. um i personally celebrate them constantly but i get shamed for it a lot um you get uh, shamed for I get shamed for liking bears, uh, right? So I I date bears and I sort yeah. of I get constantly shamed for that really? in the gay community. Like what yeah. do they like, what uh, do they... Why do you like that? Like what ha- what happened to you as a, as a child? Uh, yes, what yeah, happened? Like, so, so like you sort of, had a pathological Yeah, like it's condition. a pathological thing. Yeah, and wow. you know, I see it as just very natural and um, wonderful and uh, but it's it's still an issue. There's still yeah. so much as much as we say we celebrate bears and twinks, we still compare them to those ideals and yeah. we still they still yeah. face a lot of mm. rejection. Mm-hmm. Um, and so uh, yeah I think that's just another area where we need to we need to be better and we can't just say oh the gay community is great because we celebrate these these mm. um mm-hmm. these sort of subcultures uh, that there's still a lot of work that needs to be done mm. there as well well like you had said earlier like um you know we receive a lot of shame and a lot of times when somebody else is negative it's because they've been hurt yeah uh hurt people hurt people like yeah. you said Nick. Mm-hmm. um so just because we're gay and we're family doesn't mean we're gonna not hurt the other one. Right. And that comes down to something that really does, that's what needs to stop happening. Right. Like, Nick wants to date a bear. 
I should date a bear. You should date a bear, bro. I'm looking. Um, if you know any hot bears, I'm looking. Yes. <laughs> One named well, Teddy. We'll auction we'll him off on a later episode of the preview podcast. Um, but yeah. Um, do you guys have any last thoughts on this matter before we go? And I want you guys to let us know where we can find you on social media. Um, as Good. Um, you know, I know I'm going to say the words of the godmother herself. If you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love anybody else? <laughs> That's true. Yeah. It's so honestly true. Mm-hmm. We need to learn to stop saying, I hate this about me. Mm-hmm. Instead of looking in the mirror and saying, I hate my stomach or I hate my nose or I hate my arms, look in the mirror and find one thing that you love about yourself mm-hmm. and say you love it. Mm-hmm. Because if you find that one thing and you keep saying that, then you will start finding love and you will only find the love that you think you are willing to receive. Um, so that's my biggest thing. Um, and you can find me on social media at on Instagram at at Seth, please. Like, Let please, go, please, like, please pick up the phone. Yeah. May I speak to Seth, please. <laughs> that's how I got it. I'm like, hi, may I speak to Seth, please. <laughs> Yes, you can. <laughs> I never made that connection. No, everybody. The, I thought it was like, thou- bitch, please. Well, I mean, there's a thousand. Th- <laughs> sometimes it is. You come for me on my comments, and it is. <laughs> How about you, Nick? Uh, I thought that was beautiful. Thanks. Um, <laughs> the whole thing. Uh, and I agree. I think. I think really the key is um, not looking at the specific body part, but looking at the underlying issue and what's really going on here and addressing shame if it needs to be addressed. Yeah, it's very normal to feel that way and we all feel it and it's really important to just, um, you know, find find support, whether that means therapy or a friend or whatever it is, just open up that this is the way you're feeling about yourself and just trying to get to that transformation from um, self-hatred or shame to self-love. And just like you said, you have to you have to love, as much as people say this over and over, you have to love yourself before you can accept love from somebody else or before you can love somebody else. Um, and, you know, I think as a therapist, I see these incredible moments of transformation, um, which I feel so privileged to see and I feel so passionate um, about when someone does work through their shame um, and stops fixating on body parts and just accepts themselves fully, then the potential of queer people is just so insane, right? Yeah. It's just so huge. I mean, we have such huge creative potential and we have such huge potential to love. Um, and it's so wonderful to see in my office when those moments happen and I'm so inspired by them that I, I think it's just um, you know, something that we all can aspire towards is just that authenticity and and love Uh, we this really should be a community about love um and we get held back by shame i think Mm. um so uh my instagram is gay therapy um and my startup is lighthouse.lgbt if you are in need of um a gay therapist a gay doctor surgeon um even uh, we're actually just added personal trainers, so um, if that's of interest. <laughs> I'll, I'll be giving you a DM. <laughs> uh, personal trainer, massage therapist, whatever you need. You know, anything health and wellness related. If you if you live in New York and you're in need, um, just go to lighthouse.lgbt and uh, it's easy to find, find awesome. a provider. Thank you so much, guys, for Thank being you. here. Before, do you have anything else left to say? Go ahead. Do you got something? No, I don't. You sure? I'll hold my peace. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> and be sure to um, let us know what you think about the episode. And if you have any thoughts, hit us on Twitter at The Privy Podcast. Or you can shoot us an email at thepreviepodcast at gmail.com. 
And that is it for today. We'll, we'll see you soon. Thank you so much for having Thanks us. Thanks so much, guys.